Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn Miles is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of Autumn Miles Ministries and the author of Appointed and I Am Rahab. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God, coupled with raw faith. Now, here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing out there today? Oh my goodness, y'all. Our guest today, man, she is a baller. Um, you, she, she actually needs no introduction. I feel like God has just given her such a platform um, to speak to the broken. However, I'm going to introduce her and honor her. Her name is Lisa Turker. She is a, a number one New York Times bestselling author of Uninvited, which I read and I loved it. The best, yes, unglued, made to crave, 18 more books. You know, she's been on shows that are super small, you know, like the Today Show, Oprah. She's been on OWN, CNN, Fox News. Um, And she has done so many more things. If I read her bio, y'all, it would take me three days. Um, She's also the founder of Proverbs 31 Ministries, which I respect uh, a, a huge deal. And she is with us today. Why? Because she just released a new book, And the title of that book, hang with me, it's amazing. It's not supposed to be this way. It was out in November. Um, Welcome to my show, Lisa Turkhurst. Hey, Lisa. Thank you so much. Wow, what an introduction. I think I need a recording of that. I'm going to play it every morning. That'll be my pep rally to get out of bed each day. (laughs) Well, oh my goodness. Thank you for saying that. We, okay, first of all, I just respect you so much. And um, I just, you've, you've been on the show one other time. But um, we just love you over here. And I'm, I love what you stand for. And I love the truth that you share. Follow you on Instagram. By the way, all my followers, head over to Instagram and, and follow, you know, a follower because she, she definitely dropped some truth bombs. But I have been following really closely your life, as I think the entire Christian community has been, um, in the last three years. And when I heard that you were releasing this book, I, I would tell my team, I'm like, we have to have her because for you to release such a book about hope after some of the stuff that you've been through is awesome it's amazing it's it's it it really preaches so um your book is called it's not supposed to be this way can you give us lisa in a snapshot what have you gone through in the last couple of years that prompted this book Well, I always start every book, um, the thought of a book, usually it's where my personal experience matches what I'm hearing other people walking through as well. And so I identify one word that I want to tackle with each of my books. And the word for this book was disappointment. And sometimes those disappointments can be when we hit a spot in life where things don't look the way we thought they would. But sometimes those disappointments can be absolute, utter devastation. And I would say the latter has been true for me in the past three years. I've walked through um, just a really crazy, awful season in my marriage where I found out my husband was struggling with some substance abuse that I didn't know and wasn't familiar with how to deal with before now. And then I also found out that he was having an affair and it shook me um, and shocked me in the deepest of ways. My husband and I had always done the Christian checklist of things to do to have a healthy marriage. And, you know, sometimes as Christians, we want things to be as neat and tidy as a math equation. Like if you do Mm -hmm. A plus B, it will give you the expected outcome of C. Mm -hmm. And 
that that wasn't true for us. We did all of the things. We were still going to church together and doing Bible studies together and praying together. You know, we had all of the outside activities down, but um, devastation still happened. And so that was something that I was having such a hard time processing. And I think the emotional fallout of being so shocked by that led me to have some health issues that um, one of those was my colon twisted and I wound up having to have life-threatening surgery Mm. where most of my colon was removed. I was in the ICU for 15 days and the doctors told my family they didn't know that I, if I would make it or not. And so that was very, very difficult. Mm. And then, you know, the, the healing of my marriage was not simple or quick. It wasn't like I found out my husband was having an affair and then everything turned around and then life was beautiful again. It was a very treacherous journey. And I did not think we would end with reconciliation. Mm. I always knew that God would have redemption for me personally, because redemption is a choice we make with God, but reconciliation is dependent on another person. Mm -hmm. And so I had to get to the place in my life where I was pursuing redemption with God and having to um, let reconciliation and my desire for that go. And in the midst of a long season of separation and a long season of being alone, I was also diagnosed with breast cancer and went through all the surgeries um, with that um, while living um, alone. And it was, when I say it was hard, you know, that's pretty much an understatement. It was the most devastating thing I've ever walked through. Mm. So I don't, I don't want to just quickly list off those things and negate the daily, sometimes minute by minute emotional pain that's contained within, because I'm not alone. So many people are walking through these kinds of devastations as well. Uh, wow. Um, Everything you just listed off is exactly like, I think just one of those things would tank a life. Um, just one of those things, you know, getting diagnosed with breast cancer, that alone is enough to to cause your faith to um, you really, really to stop believing. Um, when you found out your husband had an affair, that alone could, could really have you question God. You have a couple of these points that I have in front of me, but I think they are transformational. When you you talk about devastation. A lot of people don't talk about devastation anymore. It drives me crazy. Like, um, you know, if someone had to go through anything that you went through, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just going to be fine. It's okay. I'm trusting God and whatever. But I love the fact that you're real enough to say, listen, this was completely dev- it devastated my life. Um, and I think we need to hear more of that in the, Christi- the, the Christian community and even in the world. Listen, she, her life was completely devastated. So now what, what, how do you pick the pieces up? What do you do? Um, tell me about the message of the book and, and how did you pick the pieces up from any one of those things and charge forward? Well, I think what was unique in this situation, look, I've been through lots of hard things in life, like we all have. I'm not an exception there. But with these situations, I didn't really have pieces to pick up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember looking at the landscape of my life and thinking, I wish I had pieces to pick up, glue back together, let God's light shine through the cracks, and we all sing Kumbaya and move on to, you know, (laughs) a different season. But that wasn't my reality. I was, my shattering of these circumstances, I was reduced to dust. I mean, I looked Mm. around, I didn't see pieces, I saw dust, and you can't glue dust back together. Mm. You can't even pick up dust and try to make sense of it. But at the same time, I happened to be reading in Genesis about how out of all the ingredients in the world that God could have chosen, he had access to everything to make his favorite creation, mankind, he chose dust, and he (laughs) breathed into that dust, and he created life and new beginnings. And so 
I recognize that dust doesn't have to signify the end. Dust is often what must be present for the brand new to begin. And so that's what I put at the very beginning of the book to encourage people. You may not have broken pieces to pick up. You may have to have a funeral for every expectation of the good that you thought God was going to do. And what we must do is people, we have to stop holding God accountable to the good story that we expected our life to be. Mm. We have to recognize there will be good, but it might look completely different. And so I had to go through a season of grieving what I thought my life would look like so that I could embrace the good that God still had in store for me. Amen. Wow. Did she just all take us to church or what? We're all like everyone shaking their head in the studio. Like, yes, yes, yes. Um, okay. So I want to go through a couple of the points in the book, because like I said earlier, they're, they're, they're really poignant. One of them is stop being pulled into the anxiety of disappointment by discovering how, how to better process unmet expectations with other painful situations. Um, I think our world is uh, overrun with anxiety. How, how do you do that? How do you stop being pulled into the anxiety of of these disappointments? Well, I think number one is to make peace with the fact that we live in a world where people are going to be fragile, fickle, and forgetful. And the minute that we make peace with the basic humanity of who we are, and we stop expecting the same perfection that we see on Instagram and Facebook in everyday life, (laughs) we've got to have We've got to have realistic expectations. And look, the people that we do life with, they are human, and yeah. they are going to be fragile, fickle, and forgetful. And the minute we can make peace with that is the minute we can start having realistic expectations. And also, I think we need to have realistic expectations, not just of other people in our life, but we need to have a realistic expectation of God himself. So many times we say, well, if God will just explain why this happened, and if I'm okay with why God allowed this to happen, then I'll continue my relationship with God. But listen, God does not want to be explained away. Mm. God wants to be invited in. Mm -hmm. So our great purpose in life is not to explain why things are happening to us or to other people, but it's to invite God into the process so that he can be the one who can navigate all of our thoughts and our actions and our reactions inside of whatever situation we're going through. We have to make peace with where we live, too. I explain people's spiritual orientation in the book. It's not supposed to be this way. We started off in the perfection of the Garden of Eden. That's where humanity was formed. And because of that, you know, we have this expectation for perfection in life that's just never going to happen on this side of eternity. Mm. We're headed to the Garden of Eden being restored again. That's what the Bible promises at the end of the Bible. But between Genesis, the perfection of the first garden, and Revelation, the perfection of the restored Garden of Eden, we are doing life between two gardens. Mm. That's where we are. And the minute we can understand that, the minute we can step back and go, well, of course this is happening because Mm. I haven't entered a place of perfection, but I know who to turn to. And that is the one holy, perfect God who can help me navigate this. And that's the gift of his word, the gift of godly friendships and the gift of our relationship with the Lord. I love that. Have real expectations of the people around you. You know, sometimes I think we put expectations on people and they don't even know we have them. And then when they disappoint us, you know, it tanks our life, it tanks our relationship. And the, the person that we have the expectations on, they don't even know. They don't even know that they're carrying them. Um, I, I, I love that. I want you to talk a little bit about the secret. I, I, this is in the book, the, the secret of being 
steadfast. I um, I see that as such a huge problem in the world. Um, people aren't aren't very steadfast anymore. You know, you had all of these things come against you in a relatively short period of time. Uh, talk about that because that is something that needs to be preached more, needs to be talked about more. Well, I think that we have to make sure we don't move too fast in making decisions about how to navigate life, especially when we're going through times of devastation. I am very grateful that in the state of North Carolina, which is where I live, you have to be separated a year before you can even um, apply to get a divorce. Hmm. And, you know, a lot can happen in a year. A lot can change in a year. And I think maybe if I lived in a different state, because I had been through so many ups and downs, you know, when I discovered that my husband was being unfaithful, I wish it was a quick, easy story of like, he repented, we got back together, we sang Kumbaya, and we moved on in life. (laughs) That was not our story. Mm. It was a very, very treacherous journey. There were ups and downs. There was him going back to the other person, us being in counseling, and me thinking everything was okay. We hit a spot where I thought we were about to renew our vows, and then the other woman cycled back into our life. Mm. So when I say steadfast, I don't mean like persevere through the next 30 days, and then it'll be okay. I mean not being so quick to make Mm. life-altering choices that then 10 years from now, you have to live with regret. And listen, I never thought my story was going to end in reconciliation, but I also didn't want my story to end with me having a pile of regret from reactions that I had all along the way. So for me, steadfast, it wasn't like I knew, hey, Lisa, this journey is going to last three years, so you better buckle up your seatbelt and make sure to let God sanctify you through this process. I meant I wanted to live each day. I had no idea how long the journey was going to be. It could Mm. be three years, five years, ten years. And I also did not think we would end in reconciliation. So I think it's important to understand that. But I also wanted to set my life up today for the reality that I would live tomorrow and five years down the road and 10 years down the road. And I knew the only way I would have peace five years, 10 years from now is if I stayed very close to God in the process. Mm. And so how did I stay close to God? I don't want you to have an unrealistic view of that either. It wasn't like I suddenly checked myself into a seminary and got a theology degree. No, it was very basic. It was me laying in bed at night, utterly alone, Mm. no one here. The, the dark night all around me, me being scared to be in my house by myself, having raised five kids and all five of those kids are gone, and literally no one being in my house, suffering with tubes running in and out of my body from cancer mm. and all the realities of that, and my prayers being this, God, I love you, mm. and you mm. love me. And I would say it over and over and over until I would fall asleep and I would get up the next day and I would start the next morning. God, I love you, and you love me. It was very basic, but it was pressing into God and recognizing, I will today be a faithful steward of all that God has entrusted to me, and that means the good and the bad alike. Uh, my guest today, Lisa Turkhurst, and sh- this book that she uh, just released in November, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, is just chock full of raw truth, truth that you have to be brave to talk about um, and that people should talk more about. Um, my, uh, but but we want, we, I want to get back into this conversation. Um, first of all, just thank you. Thank you for writing this book in such a way that it is so incredibly relatable. And um, I... I don't know. I, I I can almost feel our listeners uh, leaning in and turning up the the radio so that they can hear it. Um, this is this is something that 
I am so glad that you addressed. You you say shift. We need to shift our suspicion that God is cruel or unfair when He allows these certain things um, into our life. Talk to me about that a little bit. Well, I remember one of the hardest parts of my season uh, of suffering that I've been through is when I was in the hospital. Um, and um, I checked into the hospital because I was having excruciating pain in, in my abdomen. I had no idea what was going on, and the doctors kept running tests on me, and they kept saying, Lisa, we can't find anything wrong with you, but because you're in so much pain, we're going to check you into the hospital and um, put you on pain medicine and an IV of morphine to try to help you manage this pain. And so that's what happened, and I laid in that hospital bed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in such excruciating pain, I thought God had abandoned me. Mm. And then Friday morning, a surgeon came in my room and said, Lisa, we finally ran one last test, and we figured out what's happened. Your colon has twisted, and it didn't show up on all the previous tests, but um, part of your colon is not only twisted, but it has died inside of you, and so... Mm. Uh, we have to do emergency surgery to remove most of your colon. And I'm so thankful that you were in as much pain as you were in. And I know you've been asking God to take away the pain, but had God taken away the pain, we would have sent you home. Your colon would have ruptured and you would have died. And I remember (laughs) as they were wheeling me into the, the surgical unit and I was in that daze between consciousness and being put to sleep, I remember thinking, wow, God loved me too much to answer my prayer at any other time than the right time and in any other way than the right way. And that experience where I was begging God to take away my pain, I believe it took every bit of God's holy restraint to not take away my pain because Mm. He knew it was the pain that would save my life. And I have used that story in my life to preach messages to myself Mm. when this is true of physical pain, emotional pain, any pain that we go through, anytime we're asking God to do something and he's not doing it, we have to trust that he loves us too much to answer our prayer at any other time than the Mm -hmm. right time and in any other way than the right way. Oh my goodness. What a powerful, just a picture that's just a powerful visual for you visual learners out there, a powerful picture of how good our God is. Wow. Um, that, that is amazing. Um, I, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I feel like we could dialogue about any of these things, but I, I want to talk about, um, anger, um, with the Lord. Um, one of, how do you deal with anger when there is an onset of that after, you know, um, you find out that your husband is having an affair or you, you're diagnosed with breast cancer or something. Um, that's, a, that's a very real emotion uh, that kind of hits us. How do you deal with, with being angry towards God? I think that's such a good question because I think that's where a lot of us live when we're shocked by the circumstances that come in our, that come our way, especially when we feel like, what in the world did I do to deserve this, you know? And I think we're so eager as humans to justify, like we want God to justify why we're going through certain things. And when it feels unjustified, that's where that anger can come from. And, um, you know, I think we have to understand that God is big enough to handle our anger, mm-hmm. and He wants us to come to Him with all of the good and the bad and the ugly and all in between. One of the greatest men that are, that's featured in the Bible, King David, you know, if you read through <laughs> yeah. the Psalms that David wrote, you will definitely yeah. see 
how disillusioned with God that David was at certain points of his life. And yet you'll see this practice called lament. And that's what I want people to really understand how beautiful it is that God has a built-in system within his scriptural truth that he teaches us of what to do. And we see it lived out in David's life. Pour out all of your anger. Pour out all of your frustration. Say it in whatever way you want to say Mm -hmm. it. And then practice lament. And that is before you finish that rant about how angry you are, insert these words, but... God, Mm -hmm. and turn your thoughts from all that you're angry about with one reminder at the end of that rant about, but God, but God's faithfulness is there for me, but God sees me and knows me and loves me more than anyone else, but God has a plan for good, even if I don't see the good. Mm -hmm. You see that practice of lament of turning our heart from the anger to the faithfulness of God, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it is so powerful, and it is a a beautiful tradition that's been lost in modern Christianity, Mm -hmm. but it's the practice of lament. It's gorgeous and it's life changing. Yes, I love your answer to that. I, I I feel like a lot of people are blaming God for things that God didn't ever do. <laughs> he might have allowed them to take place, but there is a there is a lot of, of people that maybe once once um, were faithful to the Lord, where something like what you have gone through happens in their life. They're angry, then they get bitter, then they start blaming God rather than taking it to God. I love that you brought up that uh, the practice of lament. That's amazing. I want uh, I hate to keep moving forward, but um, this this um, your marriage and finding out your husband had an affair this is like prevalent it's everywhere uh you know a lot it's everywhere um I know that there are people listening that have experienced this, that have children, and um, I would love for you to maybe give some tips, um, just suggestions maybe on how do you talk through this with your children? Because I have four four children myself, so that how do you do that? What's a good way to do that? What, what, What would you say, Lisa? Well, I would say there's no blanket way to answer that question because. You know, if I were to give you a formula that applied in my situation, it may not apply in your situation, but I can tell you what we did. Um, And that was, I got some really godly Christian counselors to help me walk through this and to help me determine the timing of when to tell my kids, how much to tell my kids, um, how to really walk this process out with my kids. All of that was so important to me. And so I did not attempt to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And um, it was important for me as I looked for Christian counselors that, number one, the people that I chose, I knew that they had growing, thriving relationships with the Lord in their own life. And number two, that they themselves had been through this a similar devastation so that they had a different level of compassion as we unpacked what we were facing. And the two Christian counselors I found were both absolutely amazing at this. And, you know, my heart has been to take so much of what we learned in counseling and put it in my book. It's not supposed to be this way. One of the major reasons for that is because I wanted to give people an opportunity to have access to dialogue that if they can't afford counseling, um, that they would have access to a resource they could afford. So a lot of those conversations are woven throughout the message of my Mm. book. And again, I still encourage people to go to counseling. But if you're needing to talk to your kids about really hard stuff, you will find some of the language to use tucked within my book, which may be a good first step before you find a counselor. That's amazing. That's uh, excellent advice. Thank you. Um, I saw just, I think it was a month ago, maybe two months ago, that you and your husband, your marriage has been restored, right? Can you give us an update? 
Yeah, so my uh, we've been walking through this for three years now, and um, we lived apart based on the advice of our counselors. Um, we lived apart for two and a half years, so it has been a very wow. long journey. Mm. Um, but yes, July 4th of last year, my husband asked me if I would consider renewing our vows, and um, I said yes. But trust is built, time plus believable behavior. Hmm. And so I let some time pass, and there was so much believable behavior in his life. I pray one day my husband gets to share his story because he is not the villain of the story. He is a redeemed man walking Hmm. in victory, and I'm so grateful for that. It was so unexpected and nothing I could have ever controlled, even though I wish along the way I could have. (laughs) I wish God was listening to my suggestions, but, you know, God never, never did anything that I suggested to him. He never did. It was the most unexpected journey. But um, on December 11th, we stood before family and friends and we renewed our vows. And I have to say it was the most beautiful day of my entire life. Wow. Praise the Lord. Uh, We're out of time. But Lisa, what an honor it is to have you and just to share your heart and for you to be real and for you to be unfiltered and just like, listen, this is the way it is. Um, Thank you for being on the show. I uh, we're, we're just honored. Thank you for thank you for sharing with us today. You are so welcome. What an honor it was to talk to you. And um, just thank you. And whatever anybody is going through that's listening to the show, please know that um, with God, nothing is hopeless. Amen. And even if your story doesn't end the exact way that you thought that it would, just trust that God's good is better than any good we could ever dream up. Oh, what a word to leave on. Thank you so much, Lisa. Guys, all the listeners out there, go get this book. It's not supposed to be this way. Odds are, if you don't need it directly, which I would find that, would find that shocking, someone in your life needs to hear these principles um, and the hope that's found in the book. Go get it anywhere books are sold. Follow Lisa on her uh, social media pages and, and get inspired every day. Thank you so much for listening today. I'll be back with you tomorrow right here at 3.30. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn Miles' book, Appointed. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word 100.7 FM.